This is Clutch Crew. Hey guys, Zach back here with Clutch Crew Sports. And today I'm joined by Eric and Connor. We got the three cousins on the show once again for you guys. And uh, and this will be our first episode of the Monday show installment. So for the next couple of weeks, you guys will actually, you'll be listening to them on Tuesdays, but we're recording Mondays. So you guys will listen to these episodes coming out on Tuesdays for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then likewise on Friday for our predictions. And uh, NFL week one, college football week two, uh, there was a lot of crazy things going on in the NFL in this past week. College was a little bit more quiet, in my opinion. Uh, you didn't really have too many uh, big surprises or ranked teams playing other ranked teams. So we don't have too much college football talk to, to get to, but we'll, we'll bring up a few things. And, of course, we'll get to NFL talk, and each of the guys here has something that they want to contribute for the host topic of the day so stay tuned for that and then later in the show we've got some overreactions and some things to buy in and believe in that you saw that we all saw in week one for the nfl so because i know nfl week one is so so crazy in the fact always the most unpredictable (laughs) very true very true i mean and some of these games we thought would be blowouts were really close. Some games we, you know, we thought a winner was going to win easily and they lost. So we'll get to those when we get to the NFL. But here we'll start with college. And I'll run down a list of the scores on all these games. And then we'll go to the uh, to the records for Zach, Connor, and Nate's predictions that we made in the last episode. So Marshall and Boise State played Boise State. Won by a score of 14 to 7. And unfortunately, they did not cover the spread, so we all lost that. Ohio State blew out Cincinnati. We all got that one, right? And then Army and Michigan, this one, I'm proud that I picked Army, and I was uh, I was rewarded by that. Obviously, they weren't able to come up with the real life win, but they definitely uh, made it close, only losing by three points in overtime. And I was the only one who picked Army in that. And then Iowa blew out Rutgers. We all got that one right. Maryland blew out Syracuse. I was the only one that picked Maryland. Got that one right. That was a huge shock. I don't think, especially with the spread only being one and a half points. Yeah, that that was definitely 63 points given up by Syracuse defense. It was pretty shocking. But Shout out to uh, my dad's friend, Phil, who's a Giants fan and a Syracuse fan. Bad weekend for him. <laughs> A bad weekend. Not a shout out, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so myself and Eric here. are in similar situations too. So, uh, yeah, I'm going what... to provide. Uh, I'm going to provide my analysis of college football at the next <laughs> done with all this, but it, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, at, le- at least college was good for me, not the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Utah beat Northern Illinois, but uh, we got that one wrong just because the points is really close with the points. Uh half a point difference in that. And then uh, Clemson did, did beat Texas A&M by 14 points, but that still wasn't enough to cover the spread. Connor and I got that one right, and Nate got it wrong. Uh, Wisconsin blew out Central Michigan 61-0. Nate and I got that right. Connor got it wrong. And then Colorado had a 
pretty shocking come from behind victory. I know looking at the scores of, of the games following them throughout the day, I thought Nebraska had it in the bag, but Colorado came up with the win, so they didn't need the four points in the, from Nebraska. 34-31 Colorado. Uh, New Mexico State, they lost the game, obviously, that number two ranked Alabama, but they were able to cover the spread barely. And then... Same thing with Murray State. They were able to cover this large spread, but obviously they lost. Nate got that one wrong. We all got New Mexico State, right? Uh, Washington State beat Northern Colorado pretty easily. We all got that right. Uh, Oklahoma put up 70 to South Dakota. We all got that one right. Um, UCF blew out Florida Atlantic. We all knew that was going to happen. And then LSU won by seven which was enough to cover the five and a half points. I was the only one who got that one right. Uh, Auburn beat Tulane 24 to six, but that ended up being a tie with the spread. So I'm not going to count that one in this episode. And then Florida was able to beat University of Tennessee Martin 45 to zero. We all lost that. We picked UTM. Come on, Tennessee Martin. (laughs) If they would have just scored a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And that game was actually pretty low scoring at the end of the first half, too. I, I thought we were going to be able to win that, but Florida really poured it on the second half. And then Buffalo at number 15, Penn State, kind of similar to the, the Florida game. It was pretty close early on. Buffalo was in the lead at one point, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, they were. They gave up a pick six, and then everything started going wrong for them. So we all got that one wrong, unfortunately, because Penn State won pretty big. Nevada... Goodness gracious, they got blown <laughs> out by Oregon. I, I was shocked by how lopsided the score was, 77-6. You know, you would think, you would think that they were, they'd be playing an FCS opponent, but, man, that was, Nate got that one right. He was the only one. Maybe and, F State can take Nevada's spot in the Mountain West Conference, <laughs> even, even though that wouldn't really fit. But <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know this happened until I looking at it just now. My God. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, Michigan State took care of business against Western Michigan. They covered pretty easily. We all got that right. And then some West Coast games, Cal against number 14, Washington. This was a pretty big surprise. Washington goes down to Cal, 20-19, close game. Would have been fun to watch if I was up that late because that also was delayed too. So Sorry, like 11.30. Yeah, really <laughs> game for us on the East Coast. But we all got that wrong with Washington. And uh, then number 23, Stanford at USC. Uh, USC blew Stanford out 45 to 20 and Connor was the only one who got that one right and then our plus one game of the week ended up being really good I'm glad I picked this one as our plus one Miami at North Carolina North Carolina wins by three and uh, Miami was five and a half point favorites we all got that wrong Connor will talk about that in a second here guys and so just for the weekly tallies um my record is 14 and 8, first place for this week, but it'll be a running uh, tally for the whole season. So, not to say that Nate and Connor can't catch me because they certainly can. It's just the first week. But Connor was 50 uh, 50 in his predictions at 11 and 11, and Nate was slightly under 50 50, going 10 and 12. And this is obviously with the spread because 
we picked mostly the right winners, but it's harder when you have to factor in points. And I do want to say that Vegas did a great job of coming up with these spreads. I mean, there were some that like that Oregon Nevada game, which was so hard to predict that, but like still a lot of these games in the high point totals for the spreads, like Alabama, Georgia and Murray state, Florida and UTM. When you, make these spreads so high in the 40s and 50s it's hard to get it really close but a lot of the um a lot of these differentials from the spread ended up only being a couple of points from the reality which i thought was i mean obviously you know these guys are experts when they come up with this stuff but still uh we were we were ripping on that alabama like 55 and a half points (laughs) and we were like that is ridiculous but they won by 52 so yeah it was pretty close (laughs) yeah it was it's not you know not likely you can get too much closer so uh credit to the odds makers they did a pretty good job this week coming up with these uh differentials better than what i would have done for sure and uh (laughs) And so, like I said, the only game really of significance, in my opinion, for this week, uh, when it when it comes to college football playoff standings, anyways, that is uh, LSU in Texas. And I also watched this game, uh, not in its entirety, but most of the second half and really the important parts of the game. And uh, and yeah, so my takeaways from this is that. Uh, the the stage wasn't too big for LSU. Um, Joe Burrow's a veteran quarterback, and he put up big numbers on Texas's defense on the road, which I thought was impressive. And also the third down conversions conversion rate from LSU. I mean, it seemed like every time you thought there would be a chance for Texas to come back in the game, or all, or the momentum would be on Texas's side with a long third down. Uh, he was really efficient and effective on third down, and he put up 45 points. And the LSU defense didn't look great, but uh, but yeah, I thought LSU was in control for most of the game, and they had the lead for the majority of the game. Texas would score, and then they would answer right back. And Texas ended up getting a late touchdown uh, with like 30 seconds left, I believe, and then they tried an onside kick. And they were almost successful with it was the crazy thing. If uh, if the Texas player had been able to keep himself in bounds, he would have been able to recover it. But he was out of bounds when he did. So it was definitely exciting to watch. And if they had gotten that onside kick, who knows what would have happened. But uh, I predicted that LSU would win by a touchdown and that they did. Um, but to me, the bigger takeaway from this is – I feel like LSU for this performance that they had should be ranked number two in the standings. Uh, one through three didn't change after this week. And my reasoning for that is I is this game that they had against Texas, this win has been the most impressive win for the first two weeks of college football this season. Like I, I feel like if you have the most impressive win and you were already ranked number six, they only moved up two spots. I feel like, they should have moved up more spots just because Georgia hasn't had to prove anything yet with their opponents, and neither really is Alabama. I know they played Duke, but Alabama hasn't scheduled themselves really much competition outside of the SEC. So uh, just from that alone, I feel like it's a disrespect to LSU that you play you know, such a good team on the road and you don't move up into the top two for that. 
I understand Clemson still being number one because while they haven't looked the greatest this season yet, um, they've definitely had some mistakes. They beat uh, number 12-ranked Texas A&M, so there's no justification, I think, for them slipping to number two. But still, I thought LSU should have been ranked number two, but these rankings so early don't really mean a whole lot anyway, so it's not something I can get overly mad about. But, uh, but yeah, so I think LSU should feel a little bit disrespected by, by that, but... That, that's all my real college thoughts, and I'll let I'll let Connor give his, and then Eric's got his statement at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that I do have to disagree with the LSU being number two. Like, I agree that they should be number three above Georgia, but we were talking about this before the podcast, and I agree with Eric that you know it's more. I think more so for Alabama, it's gonna why they're not above Alabama. It's more of like to be the team, you got to beat the team. And I'm uh, looking at Zach's fantasy football here. Yeah, I got a notification on my jo- phone, guys. Josh this Jacobs got a touchdown. Yeah, Josh Jacobs got a touchdown. So now there's actually a chance I might win this game <laughs> against the division rival Brandon here in our in our Clutch Crew Sports League. I believe this is the only game that's still even in question. So yeah. uh, I'm going to be checking this a couple <laughs> times, guys. But, uh, continue on, guys. I here. But yeah, so I was saying, but like, you know, it's more of like to be the team, you got to beat the team. And obviously LSU is going to get to play Alabama later in the season. So, you know, they're going to have their opportunity to prove that they're better than Alabama. I do think they deserve the spot over Georgia, but not Alabama. Um, But anyway, yeah, so the Miami UNC game, that was a pretty interesting game in that it was a bit lower scoring than I thought it would be because I know Miami has a good defense, but... I thought UNC's defense was going to give out. Like, I thought Miami was going to be able to score on them. And UNC, they looked really good for, like, the first quarter and a half. Like, I was texting my friend who's like who's also a UNC fan, and we were talking about how, um, you know, UNC's kind of looking like their old self from, like, 2015 or whenever it was when they went to the ACC title game against Clemson. Um, but then kind of like the second quarter and – you know, through the third quarter and early fourth, UNC was looking like themselves from last year. You know, Miami was putting up points. They couldn't get anything going on offense. But then they somehow managed to put it together at the end of the game. Like, I thought the game was over. Like, Miami basically, I, they got in, like, a turnover on downs or they forced UNC to punt. I can't remember exactly what it was. And there was only, like, a three minutes left. And I was like, oh, this game's pretty much over. Like, UNC's done. But then UNC managed to get the ball back and then drove, drove down the, the freshman quarterback. Sam Howell managed to drive them down the field for a touchdown. So, um, Sorry. <laughs> Zach's watching the, Den, the Denver-Oakland game here. Um, but, yeah, so – and then I think that – I mean, UNC is going to – interesting case. I'm not fully on the bandwagon that UNC's back this season yet. Um but I know one game that I'm really going to be keeping my eye on is not this week, but next week. My college, Appalachian State, is going to be playing uh, against UNC in Chapel Hill. So that's going to be a really big telltale, I think, especially for Appalachian State, because, you know, we've we've gotten four straight bowl wins and three straight conference titles since coming into the Division One. you know, back in 2014. So... I, and I think this is this season is our best chance to actually have an undefeated record. So if we can get past UNC, then I think we're going to be sitting pretty. So in the future, that might be our plus one game for week four if, you know, if UNC ends up winning next week. Yeah, so I'll definitely keep that in mind. Uh, 
uh, when we do our plus ones, and I'll look at the other games and stuff too. So, uh, Eric, I know you're not known as a college football expert by any means, but you did want to say something before we move on to the NFL. So yeah, I'll you well, college <laughs> it's it's not necessarily college football isn't my thing. I do like to watch it from time to time, but I just don't watch it enough and keep up with this stuff to like really be able to provide you guys like great analysis. So that's generally why for the most part, I've been sitting this segment out, but I do have some, I do have one piece of uh, great analysis that I will provide here. Um, I am a Tennessee Vols fan. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I wanted to say that before I say what I'm going to say, but yeah, Tennessee sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, th- I mean, honestly, in my in my thirty one years of living, and I mean, I've watched college. I've watched Tennessee college football since as long as I can remember, since I was like five or six. And in my twenty plus years of watching Tennessee Volunteers football, I mean, this this is the lowest it's ever gotten for me because even in like our bad years, like we at least beat the BYUs and Georgia states on, on the schedule. Like even, even if we got blown out by Florida, Georgia and Alabama, we at least won those games and maybe a couple sec games or something, but like beat Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah. Beat Kentucky. They had that, that, uh, the streak against Kentucky for so long and finally snapped. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt's got a streak on them now. But this is like, this is like the lowest, I've ever felt as a Tennessee fan. Like this is just horrible, man. <laughs> hey, 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 man! If, if it's any consolation, just wait till basketball season. They're actually looking pretty good in basketball. <laughs> uh, that's that's it's so crazy because when I was a kid, it was like the opposite. Like when football season was over, it's like oh god, now it's basketball season. Like, can't can't <laughs> wait! Can't wait for football. Oh, Zach's only down by. He's down by like. Well, I'm unfor- it too, un- yeah. un- unfortunately for you, the Raiders are now on fourth down, so Josh Jacobs will not be getting any more points uh, for the time being. Well, well, there's still six minutes left in the game. I said for for the time being, he but won't this, be. But this hasn't updated yet. This still says six oh nine. My TV says five forty two. No, it's it's going from. It's going. It's going. It's going from my TV. Zach's TV is behind. It's going from mine. I know, but the the clock on the website here said six oh nine. Now it's five twenty. I know. Now I just refreshed it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but there's still six minutes. Five minutes. Right. Right. So if they get the ball back, they're just gonna run it. Yeah. It's man, boring. I really hope I win this. I can't lose this by one point, man. Those are the worst. You better hope that they don't get the ball back with like a minute thirty, so then they're just like kneeling it. <laughs> I know. Hopefully Denver like scores really quickly or something, but oh, it's still it's still twenty four to nine. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that, there, there's my uh, there's my college football. All right. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> um. So I'll move. Uh, We'll we'll go to the NFL talk now, and I'll I'll uh, I'll go through this kind of like college. Um, so the Thursday night game, Green Bay at Chicago. Uh, this is the hundredth year of the NFL, but uh, you would have thought it was the first year by the score in this game, <laughs> ten to three. Um, Picking up from the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, 10-3, to 3, Green Bay won the game. 
We all got that pick wrong. Uh, Tennessee at Cleveland. Tennessee won by uh, 43 to 13, a blowout win. We all got that wrong. And I'm kicking myself for that because that was, out of all the, the picks I did, that one was the one that I was like, I wanted to pick Tennessee, but I was like, it's at Cleveland. So that was my only reason by picking Cleveland, but I all regret that. All, that. all that hype around <laughs> Cleveland, and look what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Baltimore at Miami. Gosh, that was a, wasn't even a game. Uh, all <laughs> got that one right, obviously. That's they, one for sure I will not be going back to watch on Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Minnesota got the win over Atlanta, 28-12. Nate and I got that right. Eric Connor got it wrong. And then this is where things started going wrong for me. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo wins uh, their game 17-16 against the Jets. Uh, Connor's going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about that later. And uh, me and Eric got that wrong. Connor and Nate got it right. And then Philly won a surprisingly close game, 32-27. We all got it right. Washington was dominating that game for the first half. It was crazy to see. Yep. And then the Rams beat Carolina 30-27. to We all got that right. That was also a really close one. And then Kansas City at Jacksonville. Eric and I unfortunately know how this one went for us. <laughs> I was the only one who picked Jacksonville. I got it wrong. Don't worry, I'm in, I'm in the same boat as y'all, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nate's the only happy one this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, Nate, man, he only got two wrong, his, and then the tie, but... Uh, well, in terms of, like, his team, too, he's the only happy oh, yeah, one this yeah. week. <laughs> that is true, yeah, he, he's the only one feeling good about that. And then, uh, yeah, so then in overtime, the Chargers beat the Colts, we all got that right. Uh, Seattle scraped by Cincinnati with a one-point win. My survival uh, football chances almost got, you know, I almost yeah. got another week one loss in that, but uh, thankfully Seattle won that game. And then Dallas took care of business against the New York Giants. We all got that right. Detroit at Arizona was a tie, so none of us called a tie in that. And uh, we I don't all... think we're going to be calling ties no. at all. <laughs> no, we will not call a tie. <laughs> Will be a tie. <laughs> <laughs> One of us calls a tie and gets it right. Like that's you know that's gonna that, should be, that, that should be like ten bucks to that person from each, <laughs> from each podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay at San Fran- or San Francisco at Tampa Bay. They won the Battle of the Bays. Ta- uh, San Francisco did anyways. Thirty-one uh, seventeen. Eric and Nate got that one right. And then New England blew out Pittsburgh thirty-three to three. Uh, Nate and Eric got that one right. And then Houston at New Orleans, Monday night game just happened not too that long was a ago close for us. game. Yep. A lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, uh, and New Orleans did come up with the win, 30-28. to 28. And Denver at Oakland is still going as we're recording. Well, I think it's safe to say Oakland's going to win. Yeah, well, so. we will have a result for you before the end of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but right now it's uh, you know I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Oakland's going to win this game, even yeah. though I'm before the game. I just hope I just hope Josh Jacobs gets another ten yards. <laughs> I really care. Oh, oh, Denver would need a miracle at this point. I will yeah. say that it's like yeah, at, three... least have, at least they have two timeouts. So if Oakland gets the ball back, they're going to need to 
run for a first down. So that I've got yeah got hope, but I'll I'll be checking that as we go. And uh, and yeah, so we don't have uh, the official tallies yet because technically not over yet, but uh, we will unofficially unofficially I did the worst as you can see. Nate definitely did the best. He rebounded from his college picks nicely. Yeah, Nate did amazing, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, then, I, I think it's going to be Zach and I are tied for last, and then Eric is like one, got one more right than us, and then Nate's going to be weighing first. Because <laughs> especially if this this result holds with Oakland, Nate's going to get another one right, and we're all going to get that wrong. So, yeah. well, I think Connor, you're going to get one more right than me because our different ones. I picked Jax, and I got the Jacksonville and the Jets wrong. You oh, got- that's right. That's right. I, I forgot yeah. about that. I was just looking at, like, the Jets in Atlanta and then Tampa. and well, the, If the Jets hadn't freaking blown a 16-0 to zero lead. We're going to be talking like, about that in a second. And then I turn around yeah. and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo won, huh? I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll, I'll turn it over to Connor. He's got some uh, – some things he wants to talk about. So here you go, Connor. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, so um, there were three games in particular this week that I wanted to talk about. One game I'm going to go a bit more in-depth on, but the two games that I wanted to touch on were the uh, KC and Jacksonville game. I know Eric's going to talk about this a bit later, too. Um, and, and the Atlanta-Minnesota game. And we were talking about this before, how it's like Atlanta and Jacksonville in those games basically had the opposite problem of what everybody thought they were going to have going into this year. Like if you were looking at the Atlanta Falcons, you're like, okay, you know, they had this high powered offense with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, Calvin Ridley, like all these guys that could make the pro bowl if they perform at the level that they should. And, you know, but the problem's going to be the defense because, you know, they're getting pieces back, but obviously it wasn't very good last year. So who's to, who's to say they're going to be a whole lot better with, you know, uh, them pieces coming back? By the way, Denver just got a touchdown. Oh, good. Um, yeah. And More time, the better. <laughs> that's two minutes and 15 seconds left. Yeah, I just yeah. watched the play with Flacco, like, diving. They They didn't call it initially a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, I guess he, I guess they scored no, no, the next no, one. No, 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 yeah, it's the next one. Um, but so, yeah, Atlanta basically had the opposite problem. I mean, their offense looked terrible in that game. Matt Ryan threw two interceptions early on in the game. And it's one of those things that, you know, did, was Minnesota's defense that good or was Atlanta looking that bad? So it's, it's really early. So it's kind of hard to, you know, judge Atlanta based off of one game, but they certainly didn't look very good. And all of their points came in garbage time. I mean, I, I have Julio Jones in our clutch crew sports fantasy league and i was like come on man like i'm supposed to have you know the number one or number two receiver in the league right now and he's getting you know 10 points in a in a a ppr league of all things like in a standard league i'd be okay with that but in a ppr league with 10 points that's that's really bad um so there was that but then with the casey and jacksonville game about jacksonville having the opposite problem that they were supposed to have you know, Jacksonville, their offense put up 26 points. Again. Was it 26? Was that right? Yeah, uh, they went for two and didn't get it. Should've, right. It normally would have been 27, but yeah, 26. Right, so 26 points, which playing most of the game, like playing outside of the first quarter, playing without Nick Foles, mm-hmm. I mean, they went and put up 26 points. You know, the we talked about the – at least I talked about at the beginning of the year. I don't think the Jaguars have very good receivers, but, you know, DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook stepped up and had good games. 
And then obviously Leonard Fournette didn't get injured. So he had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, and, you know, obviously KC's defense isn't the greatest in the world too, but still with, with missing your starting quarterback, that's pretty good. But then their defense, which is, you know, supposed to be the number one, supposedly one of the top three defenses in the league. I know KC is good and all, but I mean, giving up 40 points is still not good when you're supposed to have one of the top defenses in the league. I mean, you're supposed to, we saw in Super Bowl 50 with Denver and Carolina, you know, Carolina had that high powered offense, but Denver had the number one defense and completely shut them down. So, and especially given last year, how good the Jacksonville defense shut down KC, that was a pretty, pretty big surprise to me. Um, but then the game I wanted to go more, biggest into analysis was the Bills and Jets. If you guys remember back to the AFC East video, I'm the only one. I was the one who picked the Jets in, se- in second, whereas the other three guys all picked the Jets in second. So, and the biggest takeaway that I wanted to take out of this game was really the the Buffalo Bills. How underrated the Buffalo Bills defense has been coming into this season. Because at the end of last season, they were the number two defense in the league behind Baltimore, and they were number one against the pass. And also going back in time to previous uh, episodes of the podcast, when we were talking about, you know, someone asked that question about will Baltimore be a top three fantasy defense? And we looked on that website of the supposed number one fantasy podcast, and they had Buffalo ranked <laughs> like the, as like the 16th or 17th yeah. best defense. And I was like, that is completely absurd that you're ranking the number two defense from last year that low. And I don't think their accomplishments in this game can be understated either because Buffalo turned the ball over four times in the first half. And the fact that the Jets can only manage 16 points, which eight of those were from a pick six. So the Buffalo Bills defense only gave up uh, eight points in that game. And so uh, after giving up four turnovers on offense and just completely shut down Sam Darnold, completely shut down Le'Veon Bell, and just didn't let them go anywhere. Now, granted, the Buffalo offense didn't help until the fourth quarter. Josh Allen was throwing interceptions. Josh Jacobs got one handoff on that possession and got, one, and got one yard. Well, um, is it... Uh, it's two minutes. No, okay, it's two, two in the morning. Okay. So still third down. I, uh, my hope is that... Denver can take it to OT. That that would be yeah. good for me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're still getting that live analysis, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be heartbroken if I lose this. I've only got a 43% chance of winning. You're going to have to hope for some stat correction or something, like DeAndre Hopkins lo- <laughs> yeah. loses a reception somewhere or something. Man, it's going to be heartbreaking. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, and then, like, really – in the fourth quarter, it was the rookies. I watched the fourth quarter of the Bills-Jets game, thanks to Game Pass, and it was the rookies that led Buffalo back from the brink. I mean, they were down 16-3 to going into the fourth quarter. And really, Devin Singletary, who, you know, we weren't sure how good he was going to do, but Devin Singletary played a terrific fourth quarter. Granted, the Jets were without C.J. Mosley on their defense, but, you know, that shouldn't be in it too big of an excuse at, at the level, at the NFL level. And the fact that your offense couldn't put up more points when the Bills turned it over that much. The Jets, by the way, didn't turn it over at all. And so, but then Devin Singletary and Josh Allen led the comeback for the Buffalo Bills. And as as the famous Chris Berman likes to say, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So they, tur- <laughs> they turned the game around and came back. And I mean, if Buffalo can keep playing like that, then and if their defense can keep keeping them in games, 
I could realistically see them maybe, I'm not locking anything here, but they could maybe have a shot against New England in week three when New England goes to Buffalo. When Buffalo goes to New England, I think that's going to be a blowout win for New England. But when New England goes to Buffalo, I think Buffalo could have a chance because (laughs) last year when New England visited Buffalo, Buffalo's defense held them to 13 points through three quarters. And Mm -hmm. it was because Derek Anderson was leading the offense and Buffalo just (laughs) could not get anything going on offense. Uh, Oakland just got a first down, by the way. It was a pass. Oh, that's not good. uh, Yeah. Good for you, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> run the ball and don't kneel it. But well, Denver's only got one timeout left now, so I don't, I don't know. We'll see. They might have to still run it. Uh, technically, they might have to run it once, but after that, they're going to be kneeling it. Um, but so yeah, so that's my analysis on the Bills and the Jets. And also, last thing, we all know my fantasy team in the Clutch Crew League is named Canton Zero's Leg because the Jets have kicking problems. The Jets kicker. At the towards the end of the third quarter, left four points on the board. He missed a field goal and he missed an extra point. So had he really just made that extra point? By the way, Josh Jacobs just got a 13 yard run. Oh yes, <laughs> um, that's the best news all night. I'll wait for Yahoo. I'll wait for uh, Yahoo to refresh that so you guys see the beautiful screen. But, <laughs> Oh man, that makes me so happy. Right now, this finally be... something's going right for me, man. Because like Eric and I both are a Tennessee fan. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta hope there's no bad sack correction for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, he, he doesn't fumble, fumble it or something. Yeah. So um. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Jets kicker leaving those four points on the board. I mean, even if he had just made that extra point, it would have gone to overtime instead of being a loss. So. The kicking woes continue for the New York Jets, and so that, that's that's what I have to say about the NFL this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, have, well, <laughs> I have some more analysis that I'll provide when we get to the uh, overreactions and the buying and selling and stuff. But before we get into that, I just have to rant. Been a long time since we've had an Eric rant. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I think I had like a brief one in the last one I was in. It's, but I, I mean, if I don't even remember, it, it was forgettable. But I, I have to rant on the Jacksonville Jaguars defense because they played a terrible game. And for, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of them, but even I like to, especially now that I have Game Pass, I'm going to be trying to watch like as many of these games as I can. So I can provide analysis, and so obviously, like, I'm going to be trying to analyze how these teams do. But even just like, what just if I'm watching them, even not as a fan, like, I still would have to kind of rant on them because they're supposed to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. As I mean, as Connor said, you know, they're projected to be a top three defense, and they just went into this game and completely. Oh. Sorry, and I. Sorry, John Gruden right now is going and high fiving all the fans and stuff. This he he gave the gorilla man a hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys! This is, this right, you got to win, guys. You don't normally see this, but uh, but um, but anyway, yeah. so I know the Chiefs are arguably the best offense in the NFL, so. Normally, I wouldn't necessarily be too mad about this, but 
I'm going to compare this to when the Jaguars were in the playoffs against the Steelers a couple seasons ago. The Steelers put up a bunch of points in that game, too. But God, don't, don't remind me of that. I'm sorry, Connor. I have to, <laughs> yeah, I have to make myself feel better. No, but but seriously, though, like, but I want to, there's, there's a reason why I'm doing this. I want to compare the two games because in the Pittsburgh game, even though the Steelers' offense was were, were getting a lot of points, and they were with Le'Veon Bell and A.B., I mean, they were, you know, considered, they were, like, probably the best offense that year. But in that game, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell were just making these, like, ridiculous plays where they were getting these, like, insane catches and double coverage or, like, like the defense was doing everything right but still not able to stop them. But in this game yesterday against the Chiefs, I'm telling you, man, there were several passes to the receivers where I could have caught these passes and ran them in for touchdowns. I mean, these guys were wide open. There were, were there were plays where guys would catch the ball, and there wouldn't be a Jaguar defender within 15 yards of them. And if you didn't see this game yet, if you do have, like, Game Pass or some way to go look at the highlights or something, like, do it and you'll see because this defense was terrible in this game. Not only were they allowing wide-open receivers, they were missing so many tackles. They weren't composed. Even when they were down by, like, two, three touchdowns, they were still talking crap and, like, flexing every time they got a tackle. Or like acting like they yeah, were that, doing something, that, acting like they were the ones dominating the game. It's like, dude, you're down by like 17, 21, 24, whatever it was points. Like, what are you doing? And then Miles Jack <laughs> getting ejected in the second quarter. The only thing I will slightly defend him on was the fact that the Chiefs players were definitely instigating it. Number eleven, I can't remember his name, especially. But the thing is, you don't get up and start trying to punch people. One, you look really stupid when you're trying to punch somebody when they have a helmet on. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 st- I see NFL players do this all the time. I'm like, what? even if you land, you're just going to hurt your hand, and you're not going to hurt them at all. I don't understand the <laughs> – I don't understand that. You know, It's not like that one time when – Andre Johnson got Corlin Finnegan's helmet oh. off. Like, that would have actually... Yeah, I, I remember there, that. But, like, when they've got their helmet on, it's like, dude, you just... You look like an idiot. Like, even if you have like, every like, white... Like, like, yeah, like go AJ ahead. Green, like, AJ Green wailing on Jalen Ramsey last year. Like, Ramsey still had his helmet on. Like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, it's like, you're, you're not going to do anything. Like, it, just, <laughs> it looks stupid. It's unprofessional. And then even when he got thrown out of the game, he wouldn't leave the field. He was still trying to go over to the Chiefs' sideline. And then even when the trainers and coaches were, like, trying to get him off, he, like, they had, they, like, there were two of them, like, one on each side of him. And they had their hands, like, up under his armpits, like, basically carrying him. And then he, like, flailed his arm out to try to, like, get out from under them. It was like, dude, go to the locker room, bro. You're... You're done, dude. I gotta, I gotta find this on Game Pass. <laughs> it's not like it, it was in the second quarter, I believe, at some point. Like close. They to have half. the highlights for it. They have like the. Scuff. Yeah, you can find it on. You don't have to go back. You, I'm sure you could find it not on game, anywhere yeah. on YouTube or something. But it just it looked really bad, and it, it was disappointing because like Miles Jack is like one of my favorite players on the defense. As I bought his jersey a couple seasons ago, or uh, so it's it's really disappointing because I 
do really like him, but I just I don't know what happened to him in this game. And then, like I said, all these tackles that they were missing, all these just open receivers. I mean, if you go back and look at every like score of the game, like the very first touchdown, he hits Sammy Watkins on like a slant route, basically. Three people miss him. He just takes off like 60 yards for a touchdown. That was a case of the bad tackling. And then there was another play on their next drive where Kelsey was wide open in the end zone, but Mahomes just missed him. I, that, that was a rare bad throw, but that should have well, been Well, that was because play. he tried to do it without looking. He did like the no-look throw. That's why he missed Which it. I don't he know was why. Like, yeah, that, that I don't was know like, why you're doing that when he's mm-hmm. wide open. It's not like somebody's guarding him and you try to trick him. Or, I don't know, yeah. but anyway. And then the next one, Watkins gets another touchdown just – wide open on a play action play. I guess everybody bit on the play fake or something and nobody covered him. There was nobody within a mile of him. You know, it's like I said, like, like me, Zach and Connor could have gone out there and made these throws and catches to each other. Like if we were that wide open, like it's just, it was, and this is what concerns me going forward, because like I said, it wasn't like in that playoff game against the Steelers when Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell were just making these like, insane catches and double coverage or something where really Roethlisberger probably shouldn't have thrown those balls, but they just somehow came down with them. It wasn't like our defense was doing everything right. And they got turnovers and stuff too. Like, yeah. What, and they it got wasn't a t- like, defensive yeah, they touchdown did, after yeah, they all. Did get turnovers in the game too, but like even at turn, not getting turnovers aside, like it, this concerns me going forward for the Jaguars because of, I mean, if, they, if they're going to play, that badly like they did against the Chiefs like then everybody's going to score a bunch of points on us and like we have you know the ta- like two years ago this team almost made it to the Super Bowl and really I'll still say they should have Miles Shaq was not down but <laughs> <laughs> but you know and most of these are the same players like we we really don't have like our, our safeties are different and but that's really about it. Like we still have Ngakway, Campbell. No Telvin. That, that's. I mean, we yeah, we don't have Telvin, but I mean, yeah, and we don't have Telvin the cores, anymore. But yeah, the we cores. still have Boye and Ramsey. Like we still have a lot of the key pieces from that same defense. So I don't understand like what the issue is, but I don't know. I just I had to rant about that. Obviously, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm frustrated as a Jags fan, obviously, right now. But you know, there were positives to take away, like. Connor had mentioned earlier, so I'm, tr- I'm trying not to panic too hard. But anyway, with that being said, I'm going to let Zach take us into the uh, overreactions topic. I've yeah. also I've also updated the NFL scoreboard and the records. I see that there on the uh, on the so we can you can look, take a look at our weekly records or for the okay. picks this week. Yeah, I'll scroll down to that so we get the exact numbers. So I was eight and seven, above fifty percent, but. Not where I want to be. And then Eric was 10 and 5, solid. Connor finished 9 and 6. And then Nate had the most impressive 13 and 2. So this will be a, a year long tally. So there's the rankings will change, but uh, that's just where they are after week one. Uh, we're going to do that for NCAA. Well, we're going to keep track of our survival strikes too, which we haven't mentioned, but we all were safe. Right. Our week one picks. You'll hear our week two picks in the next episode. Um, yeah. So, and then at the end of the year, we'll look back at the divisions and stuff too. But we're way too early for that. So, yeah. Um, but I do want to bring up some overreactions here because week one is notorious for 
overreaction Monday um, after these games have been played. And they can be for good reasons and bad reasons, too. You can overreact that players going to be so great, you know, or you can overreact and say that they're terrible and they're never going to do anything good. So my first overreaction is if you look anywhere on Twitter and if you look, you know, if you read any articles people have uh, wrote, you would think that Lamar Jackson has gone into Canton as an NFL Hall of Fame player because obviously he had a huge game um, statistically against the Miami Dolphins, but the key to take away there, guys, is it's the Miami Dolphins they're playing. Uh, and I think there was all of 40 people in the stands after, like, the third quarter. Like, <laughs> the uh, the Dolphins are really bad this season, uh, and they're, like, not 16. even trying. I mean, it, it seems like a team that's not even trying. And uh, and Lamar Jackson, of course, had a field day. I'm, I know Eric's kicking himself for not starting him in fantasy football over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, well, I was actually—I was going to mention to you too, real quick, just to put yeah. up on later. I sent you a. Um, yeah, I saw that. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, yeah. I wanted you to mention that at some point mm-hmm. because I am representing Clutch Crew Sports. I like the a, result. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll put that up at the end. Yeah, it's a little teaser. Um, yeah, so Lamar Jackson, like you would think he's a Hall of Famer by this. In reality, though, I think he's going to end up being his play is going to be like an in-between from what we saw just yesterday versus what we saw last year against uh, the Chargers in the playoffs where he really struggled. I think there's going to be a balance between that, but uh, but certainly not a Hall of Famer at all. No. And, and kind of another similar story to Lamar Jackson is Dak Prescott. And, I mean, if you – if you ever watched the show Undisputed with uh, Skip Bayless on it, good God, you would yeah, – your intelligence level will go down when you – I mean, there are some things he, like, is is right on, like saying that Jordan is the GOAT over LeBron and Shannon Sharp thinks the other way around. But uh, when it comes to Dak Prescott, man, he cannot get his bias out of his, uh, you know, statements and stuff. And you would, you know, you would think he's, like, won multiple Super Bowls and everything by the way he talks about them. But my the overreaction here is now he can do no wrong. Like, you know, he's such a great quarterback. Like, yeah, he's he's a good quarterback. I'll give him that. But uh, keep in mind, they're playing the Giants defense who lost arguably two of their best defensive players from last season, Landon Collins and Olivier Vernon. And they weren't even that good to start with. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, even, even when they had them, they still weren't that good. Yeah, the, the Giants are not a contending team at all. And, uh, of course, he had a good game against them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the case for the rest of the season. So I wanted to bring that up. Uh, Packers defense, I'll let Eric talk about this one because he he really feels strongly about this. So Yeah, and I'm we do have, like, another – topic in like the buy sell category that's very similar to this so i'll probably i'll talk a little bit more about it then but i did this definitely is an overreaction for sure because i i mean i i was on twitter after that game and of course that was the only game that night with it being the thursday night game so like Mm -hmm. everybody was talking about it and i mean just all over people were like man 
Green Bay's got a top five defense this year. I'm like, okay, like I would slow it down there just a little <laughs> bit. I mean, they slow they your roll there, Cotton. Yeah, slow your roll. They, I mean, they they had a solid performance in the game, but I'm gonna when we get to the buy sell topic, I'm gonna talk about it a little more in detail with what I mean by that. Now, if they can go out, you know, in some of these future games and keep doing what they're doing, then, you know, I'll give them more credit, but I do feel like it's an overreaction for right now. And I, I don't, you know, like I said, especially with people saying they're like a top five defense, like that's definitely a stretch regardless. So I, I definitely would not feel comfortable saying that right now. So definitely an overreaction there for sure. Yeah. And, uh, the next one here, (laughs) Atlanta's gonna suck. (laughs) <laughs> question mark mm-hmm. um no i you know i picked atlanta to lose this game and i picked them to go to the nfc championship so i definitely am not under this assumption that atlanta's like gonna fall apart and they're you know not gonna win games or miss the playoffs all that stuff uh i think they've got some work to do obviously they you know this should be a humbling loss for them but by no means are is their season over or anything. They still have a lot to look forward to, and they were going up against a good Minnesota team. Uh, I picked Minnesota to win the NFC North, and I think they have a really good defense. And uh, on the road, Week One's going to be hard, and they they got a reality check. But but I don't think they're going to suck. And uh, Connor, I'm sure you're not. Are you worried about your? Atlanta Super Bowl pick. Maybe since you put them in the Super Bowl, you might be a little bit worried about that. But I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit worried. But again, I mean, it's week yeah, one. Again, exactly, I mean, and like yeah. you mentioned, I mean, Minnesota has a good defense. It's not like they went out and played like Washington <laughs> and only put up 12 points. So yeah, you know. All right, and then the next one here, you know, Eric was kind of ragging all over the Jags defense, but I think. It's a little bit of an overreaction to say that they're that that's going to be expected week in and week out. Um, credit Kansas City. I mean, I know there was a lot of, you know, the safeties played terribly. Really, the whole secondary played bad. Uh, the The front four was okay. They weren't dominant, but they were they were serviceable. Mahomes was just getting the ball out so quickly, but uh, they. You know, they face Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans next week. So I assume that the sack party is going to start there um, <laughs> against that offensive line. Saxonville. That's not that their offense. Houston's offensive line uh, being bad is definitely not no reaction. Uh, this is uh, something that was we've a seen that was a known season. fact. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a known fact, guys. Um, you bring in Larry Tunsil, but that's only fixing one hole in that offensive line. They still have four other unproven players there. So you're going to get some sacks in that game. And I, I just feel like this defense has too much pride to let this tarnish their, you know, tarnish their, you know, mark. And there's still a lot of guys that want to get paid here. So there's motivation with this defense. And, the Miles Jack thing, I think, would be a bigger issue if it was somebody like Dante Fowler who had done committed that act, because this is Miles Jack's first time ever being ejected from a football game. 
Uh, he, I, he completely lost it for whatever reason, but... I, I saw uh, I saw that clip. He was like yeah. dragging his feet when they were like it was taking him off the seal. He was like dragging and he like uh-huh. he drove dragged his feet and he like kind of fell over almost. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um but I I don't expect you know, he the good thing about that though is that like he definitely he apologized a lot. He was you know, he definitely realized that he made a mistake and he said it'll never happen again. So I, I trust him uh, to not make that same mistake again. Whereas if it was somebody in the past, like a Dante Fowler, I would be a lot more worried because he, you know, has a proven history of personal fouls and really be, being a hothead on the field. So I think the defense is going to rein in a little bit and I don't expect them to be like that for the rest of the season at all. I mean, remember last year they stopped the Colts. They, they held held the Colts to zero points in a game where the Colts were just blowing teams out week after week. And then they come to Jacksonville. And then when they, the Jaguars just completely stopped them that game. I, I think they had the capability to do that. And I think they will, you know, live up to the top five defense that they claim themselves to be. I, I have a hard time seeing them, that being the norm. Yeah, obviously, obviously, I hope you're right on yeah. that. My concern was just because of like how wide open the receivers were getting and how just easily they were moving the ball. And like I said, I know the Chiefs are the number one offense in the NFL. So you I wasn't, remember they were without Tyree Kill that game. Though, yeah, too. They, I mean, but the thing is, like if we're going to have like all these miscommunications where these guys are getting like that wide open, it's not going to matter who it is. That's what, that's what my concern is. So, I mean, they're definitely going to need to, I mean, I, I will say, I mean, I know I ranted about it and I mean, I will say that it's an overreaction for now, but if this continues when we're playing like offenses that aren't that great necessarily, but we're still doing this, then, then that's, that's when it's a problem. But, yeah, I agree. I'm, I am, I will admit though that I am concerned for sure. Okay. All right. So, well, I'm actually more concerned about the offense than the defense. Still, even though the offense had a great game. Oh well, uh, yeah, no, I, that's a problem. Yeah, I, I'm more concerned about that. But uh, going to the next one here, Austin Eckler being better than Melvin Gordon. Um, I'm not sure if. Everybody believes this, obviously, but uh, Eckler had a really good game. Obviously, he had the game-winning touchdown. Eric watched that on Game Pass. Um, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to say he's already better than Melvin Gordon, and I don't think he's at all the kind of player that Melvin Gordon is. Um, Eckler's done this before. He's had flash games. But he hasn't really proven it over the course of a season, and uh, and I think it's an overreaction to crown him as you know the next great running back. But he's definitely a really good back, and uh, I'm I'm sure they're happy to have him right now while Gordon's holding out. But uh, I, I don't think he's the future. I think he's a good second back to have on a team, a really good second back, but. Uh, I think if Gordon comes back, he's going to be the guy, and I think he's going to remind people why he's the guy. And Eckler's going to have a decreased role, but it's not going to prohibit their offense. 
in my opinion. Um, I have the Steelers here now because they, you know, I didn't watch the game, but just the score, you know, it looks so bad. But uh, I, I think this game was no reaction to say that the Steelers season is over because, you know, they played the Patriots like on on the road in Foxborough. They seem to always have their number, like Nate said in the last episode when he picked New England. It just seems like the Steelers always lose to the Patriots. And, uh, yes, this was by a bigger margin than normal, but I, I don't think the Steelers' season's over. I think they have, you know, this is the kind of thing that can kind of, you know, I think that their next game, I don't know who they play in their next game, but... I think that's going to be important. If they lose that, then I'll get a little bit more worried. But uh, when you lose to the defending Super Bowl champions, I I don't think that means that you're completely toast. Like I, I still, especially considering how the Browns played, I I definitely feel fine with still keeping them as you know having them as my AFC North champion. Baltimore looked pretty good, but they played Miami. So if the roles had been reversed. I think we'd be talking about, oh, you know, the Steelers just blew out the Dolphins, and then the Ravens lost by a bunch to the Patriots. And I think you could, you know, flip those teams, and the results would be kind of the same. So that's why I have the Steelers there, just based on opponents. I'm glad you're not worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I mean, I mean, you know, it's not. I mean, trying to figure things out with you know, obviously. Juju and James Conner are now the guys, and obviously Dante Moncrief dropping 50 passes didn't help. So, you know that's that's never a good thing. But I think there was, I think more so, there was this one sequence. I don't know how good the offensive play calling has been because I know there was this one sequence that I watched because I turned the game off in the third quarter because I just couldn't stand to watch it anymore. Yeah, but. Like, there was this one sequence of plays where they literally called the same, like, toss play three times in a row. And I'm like, what in the, what are you doing? Like, I can call better plays than this. <laughs> I mean, and you like. Said I, you actually told me a, a chimpanzee could call better plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I put that on. Uh, or you on, put like, that, I saw that as a comment. And, yeah, um, there was a it, comment on, like, like, the Steelers posted, like, the halftime score, which was, like, 20 to nothing. And I posted this thing, and I'm like. Like, what was that? Because obviously, like, the first two times they got quite a few yards on it because, you know, like, I guess they weren't expecting it back to back. But then the third time, it's like, okay, they're going to figure this out eventually. Like, they're <laughs> not they're not going to get burned by it three times. And then sure enough, like, the third time on third down, you know, Jamie Collins had figured it out and he shot the gap and got Connor in the backfield. And I'm like, like why would you call that again? Like, yeah. call something else. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it was the same thing last year. Like, I'm not a fan of our offensive coordinator right now. Like, I thought the whole running the spread offense, like, 70% of the time last year was a bad idea. So, I'm, I'm not thrilled with Randy Fickner as our offensive coordinator. But, <laughs> yeah. And then with the, uh, you know, not panicking or anything, I, I'm not panicking yet. I mean, it didn't look good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm definitely – Still not panicking because we still have, you know, a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best offensive lines in the league. So there's certainly nothing to be too concerned about yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then our final overreaction here are the Cardinals. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but 
Uh, obviously, the Cardinals had a comeback in the second half, primarily in the fourth quarter. And like Connor was telling us before the show, and I agree with him, he said it's not really sustainable for them to be doing that. And Detroit is kind of an inexperienced team, and they couldn't put away the game. And that's really, I think, what that game boils down to, more so than the Cardinals being really good. Um, I, there's, they're definitely going to win some games. They're not the worst team in the league, that's for sure. But, they're not Miami. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, they're still, I think, at the bottom of this division. Um, and they got a tie, which is, you know, I guess much better than a loss for them. But uh, they still have a rookie quarterback, and they still have a lot of, you know, bad players on their team. Uh, so I, I think it's an overreaction to say, like, the Cardinals are going 8-8 eight and eight or anything like that. I I think uh, I think they just had the right circumstances in this week. So, so we're, we have them as an overreaction. And then our things to buy. So this is, like, the things that we believe in, we saw, we've seen it. Um, and, and we can trust it going forward. And, uh, Connor, I'll let you talk about the Bills' defense. Yeah, I mean, I touched on it a yeah. lot earlier, but, yeah, I mean, true. you know, just the Bills' defense is legit, man. I mean, everybody's been underrating them, but <laughs> just think about last year, and it seems like it's translating into this year. So Yeah. All right, so my, my thing to buy is uh, Jameis Winston. <laughs> James Winston sucks. <laughs> yeah, James Winston sucks. That's that's just the most blunt way I could word this. Um, gosh, they you know they really could have won the game. I was listening to uh, the local radio show this morning, and that not our it's not a show. It's just a just like a kind of in between song sort of like little talk that they had going on with some guys, and they were like. We should have won this game, but are off, you know. But Jameis, you know, like that's the thing. Like he actually, I think, loses them games, you know, like with the his interceptions and stuff. I mean, this guy's a turnover machine. Like you can't win games turning the ball over at that rate. You know what I mean? This, and I, I don't think, even though it's only one week here, I there's nothing in his pro career that says he's going to change um, his, you know, he was supposedly like best friends with dirt cutter. They were supposedly like going to be a dynamic duo and Bruce Arians is the quarterback whisperer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it'd be a bad thing for them to try out uh, Ryan Griffin. Uh one of their kind of project quarterbacks that they've had a couple of years. He's got like tons of preseason starts and stuff, but he's never actually played a snap of a real game, but he's, they've liked him well enough to keep him on the roster for the past couple of years. Uh, I definitely think that they should consider going to him if this continues for a couple more weeks, but I wouldn't expect Jameis to rebound the season. And, uh, and so Eric's going to talk about, kind of his overreaction about the Packers defense, kind of why that is with his things that he believes in. Yeah, so you can see on that <laughs> little note, if you're watching this on YouTube, for the next thing to buy, he put uh, Trubisky garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for, it's not that I necessarily think 
that Mitch Trubisky is like garbage. Like he's a good athlete. He can make the throws and stuff, but I don't know. He's there's obviously like something that like goes on in his head. It, it's like he doesn't have it mentally. I think is the problem. Like physically, I think he does, but mentally he doesn't. Um, I'm a member of a, a sports talk website and um, the guy that hosts the shows on there, he's a bears fan. And so he broke down the analysis and I watched it. So I got to really go in depth to see like all the film because on Twitter, everybody was like, Oh, Mitch Trubisky was inaccurate with his passes or the bears plays just weren't working or like there, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that people were saying, but when I saw the film breakdown, the problem was, was that Mitch Trubisky had guys that would be wide open and he would not even see him. He would either then tuck the ball and run, or he would throw it to somebody that was double covered. I mean, like on, like say the, the biggest play of the game was when he threw the interception and double coverage at the very end, when the Bears still had a chance to tie the game. And if you looked at the play by like broken down, there was a moment at like, like one freeze frame. If you paused it where three different guys were open Wow. And he threw it to the guy in double coverage instead. So <laughs> that's why I don't necessarily – that's why I'm not going to say that the Packers are a top five defense. I don't uh, – that's why I don't see that yet. I want to – you know, now if they start going against, like, greater quarterbacks and they're still doing this, then great. But with all the receivers that – Trubisky were missing or sometimes it wouldn't necessarily be that he would miss them but he would throw it too late like when they were like getting closer to the sideline instead of when they could have caught the pass and broken up down the field or something like he yeah. just had so many bad reads like he was not reading the field right at all and that so maybe one day Trubisky can make that click and then if he does he'll be a good quarterback but you know this is his what his third season now? Yeah, yeah, his third. Yeah, so it's reminding me of Blake Bortles too, because in Jacksonville we went through the same thing every year. Like, oh, like he worked on his arm mechanics all summer. Like he's going to be better now. And they went was, to California and worked like, out. Together. Yeah, he worked with a guy in California who's an expert, and he's going to be better. <laughs> but like, but that doesn't help you with your making your reads. Wow. That's yeah. That's the problem Boros had too is he would constantly throw it into double coverage or try to force it to somebody that wasn't open like and Trubisky's doing the same thing so well and when uh, you got all those people who uh thought Mr. Trubisky was a mid-tier quarterback remember when we did our uh poll leave yeah we did a poll about way back (laughs) (laughs) where uh Mr. Trubisky ranked and in terms of quarterback rankings and there weren't a ton of people that picked it, but there were a few people that said he was a 15 to 20. Well, that was the majority. Oh, was it? I didn't yeah, think it was. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought, uh, oh, that's right. 10 to 15 got a couple votes and then 15 to 20 got the most. That's right. And then 20 yeah. to 25 and 25 to 32 had the least, but, yeah. but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't trust Mitch Trubisky. And if I'm a bears fan, I'm hating that because they do have a really good defense and, They've got, you know, some talent on the offensive side of the ball. But if Mitch Trubisky keeps playing like he's doing, the Bears will 
not do as good as I was thinking they were going to do. He's going to have to get it together. So also, um, I I want to say too, didn't he have like two delay of games in the same drive? Um, he did. If it wasn't yeah. in the same drive, it was like in one drive, and then on the next yeah. drive he had another. Still, as, I want to say the quarterback. Both, that's your responsibility. Like, yeah, I want to say that that was his fault. And the guy that I listened to, uh, Bruce, he said that. Last year, he should have had a bunch of those, too, but uh, Nagy would bail him out with timeout. Oh, okay. But I guess this year, he's trying to get it into Mitch's head. Like, you know, you can't be doing that stuff. you got to get the playoff in time. And so he kind of punished him by not using the timeouts to save him. So, um, (laughs) yeah, uh... it's going to be an interesting situation, for sure, with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears going forward. Their team I'll be high on. Yeah, so uh, so that concludes kind of the NFL portion of the show now, and we want to bring up some brief uh, fantasy points for Eric's representation of Clutch Crew Sports. I'll let him go ahead and explain this crazy score you can see. I know it's in bad quality. Uh, the, the same but... website mentioning it's uh, that I was watching the Bears film analysis on. It's blitzsportsnetwork.com if, if you want to check that out. Um, yeah, Bruce is a... <laughs> amazing person when it comes to his analysis of talent he he literally watches every nfl game and analysis or analyzes them and he watches i want to say he watches every nba game too and ufc and boxing he it's crazy like how much content he provides so yeah his his website has a membership but it's cheap it's only like three bucks a month if you get the year that's so i get that but Anyway, so his website, he's got four fantasy football leagues, and so I was able to get in one of them. And so my first game here was against somebody named SVR, and it's it's kind of blurry the way it came out on my screenshot. Yeah. It, uh, you, actually, the final score now was, I think I had 318 because Josh Jacobs got a couple more points after that. But, yeah, I beat this guy by over 100 points. So I'm, I'm, I may be losing in the family league and in the – Clutch Crew Sports League. I may be zero and one in both of those leagues, but I <laughs> yeah, that's me too. <laughs> on Blitzsport, on Blitzsportsnetwork.com, I me. <laughs> on the Blitzsportsnetwork.com uh, league, I am dominating as of right now. My team, of course, like Zach said, with the overreaction with Lamar Jackson, I have him. He got like fifty something points. This is an insane league. It has like two quarterbacks like three flexes, two defenses, and then you get points for like extra yard bonuses and yes. like pounds and return yards. Like it's crazy how this league works, but yeah. In fact, I probably, I would have had more points if uh, Tyreek Hill hadn't got hurt, but yeah, I, it's I like a three paragraph three. over here, all these stats. Like, geez. it's hard to see it with how blurry it is, but yeah, yeah you get I can't read it, but it's just you get like points for first downs and, like bonus, like if you, I think if your quarterback gets like over three hundred yards, you get a bonus. Wow, or yeah. like that. I forget all the deal, but well, uh, I'm messing up right now, so I'll just leave. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know so... doesn't want to put up our DraftKings. I know that didn't go too well for him, but <laughs> uh, it, went good for, it went good for me and Eric and I both got paid, so that was good. I got fifth, so I was yeah, I got tenth. So Zach Connor and I got a I, money. I actually knew I was gonna lose that when I was at work because. Uh, you know, I, I tried to not, like, you know, I, I didn't check my phone. I When I finally checked it, there was, like, 30 messages between us, you know, between Eric Connor and our friend Alan. <laughs> and uh, 
and all the notifications about sports and stuff, I turned all that stuff off and I, I didn't check the scores or anything like that. I didn't watch the, the Bucks game on TV that they had going on. Like, cause I was afraid that they were going to show a highlight of the KC game. And, and I go in and eat lunch and, uh, I'm eating my lunch and then, uh, shout out to, to Victor from Bush gardens. <laughs> uh, he's also a Jaguars fan and he was getting lunch at the same time that I was. And so he comes over and sits down next to me. And then I, I, I shouldn't have done this, but I was like, I was like, uh, I said to him, like, man, I hope the Jags are winning, but uh, don't tell me anything about it. He was like, my God, can I just tell you this one thing? Can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? And I was like, okay, sure, go ahead. Like, he, he didn't make it seem like it was that big of a deal. He wasn't telling me the score. And he was like, Nick Foles got hurt throwing a touchdown. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so uh, what? When, I heard, when I heard that, I was like, so like, conflicted because he was like he scored a touchdown it's like oh man maybe we're doing really good because like i had no idea when in the game he got hurt so i was like oh maybe he threw like the game when he touched down and maybe he just got like a minor injury because he didn't say how bad the injury was he just said he was hurt they said he did he was like he he doesn't know how bad the injury is and so i was like oh my god and then but i knew my um i knew my DraftKings lineup since i had nick Foles was gonna be pretty bad because he got injured but uh, still, it was kind of crazy hearing about that. So I, I, when I watched the game, that was the only thing I really knew that it happened. I knew Nick Foles was going to get hurt during a touchdown, and but I didn't know how bad he was going to get hurt. So that was disappointing seeing that, obviously. But uh, yeah, that, that's a little story uh, about my weekend with the football watching experience and getting told at work, eating lunch, Nick Foles got hurt during a touchdown, dude. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <Bam>. uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's gonna wrap up the show here tonight, guys. And uh, so you'll get another episode coming out on Friday, and it's gonna be a look forward at week two for college and NFL. Uh, we'll explain our picks for that. I don't know who will be in the show, but we're all gonna make our picks for it, and uh, it'll be a good time. So. Thank you guys for listening, and have a great day. Bye. Peace.